In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place, oh God. Oh God, I pray right now, God, that you would come in and touch the hearts and the minds of your people, oh God. Oh God, I pray that you would till up the follow grounds of our heart, oh God. Oh God, I pray that you would happy behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I looked up the word repentance. It means the act of repenting, sincere regret or remorse. Righteousness is being in right standings with God. I have not called the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You're going to find this passage in Luke 5 and 29 through 32. But I'm going to be dealing with it in Matthew 9, verses 10 through 13. And let's go there. Matthew 9. And Jesus is eating with sinners. He's interacting with them. And then you have the, the scribes and the Pharisees. Those that have your notes, you may want to write down some things. The disciples eat with sinners. And so it was as Jesus sat at the table in the house. They had many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. When you go into Luke 5 and 29, you can see Jesus eats with sinners. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his house. And there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. But the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his, against his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? Let's go back to Matthew. Verse 11. And I want to talk about something about the, you have to understand between the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees, they believe in the supernatural. Angels, demons, heaven, hell. The Sadducees did not. The Sadducees were, was kind of like a circular type of people. They were circular in their practice of religion. Circular, excuse me. It's a denoting attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. So they were circular Circular in their practices and stuff. Then you can basically say they were type, I'm going to give it to you like this. They were lukewarm type of people. They knew the scriptures and everything. Well, the Pharisees believed in certain things about it. They believed in the supernatural. They believed in angels. They believed in demons and, and heaven and hell. But the Sadducees, they were... They were more, you know, 
like you see them now, these new age churches, they take a little bit of the Bible and then they mix it in their own stuff. And they come up with their own type of doctrine. It ain't really based on no religious foundation or of, of scripture or anything, but they just going through the motions. They, they, they pulled some things out of the Bible and then they decided to work with it. But then when you talk about the scribes, the scribes were people who, whose task was limited to interpreting the Bible. So you're going to find out in these, in these passages, you got the scribes and the Pharisees. And I'm going to tell you why the, the scribes, um, why the Pharisees were saying what they were saying. The Pharisees were elite class who influenced the Lord. So they had influence. So when a person feels like they got influence, they can come up and tell you and say anything that you want. The scribes were enforcing what the law was. But they didn't understand that Jesus Christ came on the scene to fulfill the law, to, um, not to take it away or anything else. He came to fulfill what was prophesied in the Old Testament. And God was ushering in a new thing. And so the scribes and the Pharisees said, why are you sitting with sinners? But it's one thing to accuse somebody of what you're guilty of yourself. So this is what is happening in the church. You had four classes of people. You had the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and you had the Zealots. They all believed in a certain type of thing. This is why the church is going to be called more confusing. This is why Jesus said, I didn't come to the righteous, but to sinners. The righteous already had it. They already had They had the, the law. They had the, the knowledge. They had the schooling behind it. But you can have the knowledge behind something and fail at it. But a sinner doesn't know anything. And except a man be drawn by the spirit, how can he be saved? It's one thing having the letter like the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Zealots but they're not being drawn by the spirit. And a lot of times when you're looking at churches now, people are standing on their philosophy and their beliefs. And because it's in the church, that's what I have a tendency, what you want to be like or what you want to imitate because that's what it is. And when you take on that type of spirit, you take on that type of belief. That's why when you go back into the old churches where everybody wore long dresses, no lipstick, no makeup, everybody did all that, like it was going to make us righteous, like it was going to make us holy. Then somebody else come in as a prostitute out the street and come out and cry out to God, then we want to say, oh, they sinners. We want to act like we were never born and conceived out of iniquity. We want to act like that we're above this and we want to be above that, but God will sit that person that you think that there's nothing in a right in the right seat in heaven and where the scribes and the Pharisees are going to be far, far from him. You got so many people in the church, they have developed their own doctrine, they have developed their own way and maneuvering about what they see and they take a little from First Baptist, a little from the uh, full gospel, a little from Methodist, they take a little from the Lutheran, they take a little from the uh, from Catholicism. They take all of these things and that's what they base their religion on, but yet they don't know Jesus Christ. You can know the word of God, you can know what the Bible says, you can see these things manifested, but if you do not understand the reason what Jesus Christ was and what his coming was truly about, he came to set sinners 
free. He came to save those that were wretch lost, those that really needed him. You got to understand something. God is allowing the whole church has been rich, the whole church is profit in about some form, shape, form, or fashion. But yet you don't understand. In the old way, they used to say that the gospel of Jesus Christ was for the poor, but the rich didn't need it. And that's sure enough a fact now, and it still exists now, because a lot of people have money, they have this and that, but yet they don't understand huh, that their hearts are not with God huh, because they allowed their money and their riches huh, to be their gospel, to be their salvation in life. And we don't understand why Jesus Christ did not come for everybody. Huh. Everybody's not going to be saved. I don't care who's sitting up in here or all over the world. Huh. That doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a seat in heaven because if you don't be born again, huh, if you don't understand, humble yourself and come to him like a child. He said, something a little truly not to come to me. Huh. you got to understand something. You're so busy guarding your salvation, your Jesus Christ, that you've forsaken the lost. You've forsaken the ones that need a hand up. You've forsaken everything that Jesus Christ came for. I have not come to call the righteous. The Pharisees were stuck in their doctrine their denomination in their selfish ways because they outcast the poor, the widows. They didn't do any of that. You're going to read the gospel. They did everything opposite. You can have the Bible and still do everything opposite of what God is calling you to do because you don't understand what doctrine have you picked up along the way? What is God trying to tell you and teach you? Now you need to purge yourself of what you think the gospel is. And go fast and pray and seek the will of God for his will in your life and what his coming was truly about. Because the only time you hear about Jesus Christ on the cross is, is, um, is um, Easter Sunday. And when you really understand Easter and the doctrine behind Easter and Christmas, you wouldn't celebrate it like you do. Those are really pagan holidays. Halloween, pagan holidays. But we celebrate them. So this is everything that's going on. So you have the, the scribes and the Pharisees coming to Jesus Christ. It says, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why do your teachers eat with tax collectors and sinners? Because you know they really thought tax collectors was really the devil because of what they were doing. But sometimes you can have a job, but that job doesn't necessarily make you like what you're doing. So they associated evil with the job that you have. But sometimes God puts you in places so that you can be a light. And during that time, Jesus Christ was trying to teach them, I can sit amongst everybody. 
One of the things that I want to bring out in this point, because of the power and who Jesus Christ was, he could sit amongst anybody and still keep his salvation. You got some people, they cannot, they, as long, they can only be saved as long as they stay around the good crowd, but is that really salvation? They so easily tempted because they have not been overcome anything. But because of who Jesus Christ was, he can sit amongst anybody and still be Jesus. Can you do that? Because if it's really in you, nothing can knock Jesus out of you except you. Everybody gets weak, but what do you do? You fast and you pray. You rebuke the devil. That you can still stand. It may be one person that God is leading you to. To draw that person in. Now is the hour now that you have to stand on your faith, your constitution, and what you say that you believe and confess in. Because those people that's in the world need a voice. Those sinners need someone to pull them out of darkness. Just like somebody prayed for you and fasted for you that got you out of this place that you're in. It takes you to go out and do the same thing and help the lost. That you can go out and be that voice that they don't have. You got to understand something, but we don't want to do that. This salvation now is something new that has emerged up. That has resurrected itself in the church community. Now everybody is segmenting themselves. That's what denomination did. Jesus Christ didn't have no denomination. That is man-made. I do not call the righteous. But this is what is happening now. And this is why God is finna go and tear down New Baptist, Methodist, full gospel, and he's merging everybody together now. The church that God has our, God had originated is what is finna happen now. So everything that you see that's happening in the world is God. It's not the devil. It's not the president. It's not Putin. It's not Biden. It's not Trump. Because I understand that there is no power greater than God. He is the supreme power. And nobody could come up and tear down his wheel. But one of the things that I, I have a problem with with the church that say that they believe in Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrected Savior. 
and that we're so blood washed. Every demon scares you. You don't even know how to attack the demon that's dwelling and trying to come and, and attack you. You don't know even know how to get yourself free. You don't even know how to really combat those different things. You better have a place that you get in God that you understand spiritual warfare, that you can rebuke the devil, that you can lay hands on your own self. You need to understand that you can anoint your own self. You don't need no priest. You don't need no pastor to do anything. You just need somebody else to touch and agree with you every now and then. But basically the war is going on all the time. And now we got to come into a place that we put on the whole arm of God. That we may be able to stand in the last and evil days. And when you have done all that you can, you can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That salvation needs to be in you. That God can strengthen you. That God can come in and show you the power that he has placed upon your life. Stop trying to run from the battle. Stop trying to run for everything that's happening to your life. Now you need to understand something. You cannot get on that Pharisee and that Sadducee and the Zealots and the uh, Scribes. But you need to come from out among them and see what God has for you. You need to learn how to allow God to prune your own vineyard so you can let that thing grow and mature and prosper in this last hour. You need to understand something. You call yourself righteous. You call yourself in right standings with God. But there's a way that seems right unto a man. But you don't understand something. If that man is not governed by the things of God, that wisdom and the thing that God has for him will never be in that place. You need to understand something. There's a difference between man's knowledge and God's wisdom. Man's knowledge comes out of what he has come through. What is that? The way he was born, the way he was raised in his environment and his religious belief. But the wisdom of God supersedes the wisdom of man and the knowledge of man. And man doesn't know the difference because man thinks they have arrived. They think that they are in that place. They know the scriptures and the laws. They know what God does and does not want. But yet they understand that the spirit has left the body. And all you do is a dry vessel. You don't understand that the spirit of Christ has left you. And you don't understand that you have become your own idol. You're walking around. You ain't nothing but a day gone. And when they messed up with God's idol and God's ark of the covenant, it fell down. And that's why anything that you stand in up against is not going to fall until you meet the real God. And God shows you his real power. You don't understand what's going on. You need to allow God to deal with you. You need to allow God to break you down some because you're so high up in your mind. But yet you don't know that the spirit has left the temple. How in the world you can be that far off in God and go to church every Sunday and don't even know what God is saying. You don't even know the voice of God. You don't even know what God has for you. You come to church bound and shackled every Sunday. What happens when we can't meet on Sunday? What happens when you got to preach your own sermon? What happens when you got to do your own deliverance? What happens when you got to sing your own songs from Zion? I did not call the righteous. But the Pharisees. The elect. God hears his elect that cry out day and night. Those are the ones that have the wisdom of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests, they had a thought in their mind. That's dangerous as if it's not governed by God. Man's knowledge will always clashes with God's knowledge because in man's knowledge is, God, is, is man's will. In God's wisdom, it is his will and his knowledge. And what is happening to the church, they were once 
in God's wisdom and will. And then they have forsaken God and developed their own doctrine. In the years to come, there's not going to be no Baptist church. First Mount Zion. God is working in the midst of everything. Just like they wanted a king, like all the other nations. And what is happening now, he scattered them because of their disobedience and told them what the kings were going to do. And those same kings, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, how they didn't take care of the poor and the widows, they didn't do any of those type of things. Look at your church at the state that it is. They got so high, they'd rather spend money on their family and a brand new Maybach than help somebody out there on the street that don't even have bills. They need a bill paid or need food. Man has become so hard-hearted, but it was first in the Bible. They'd rather do and have dinner for the rich to even sit down in the, in, the, in, the, in the playground and do a picnic for the, for the community. Now God is locking those doors. What they used to obtain, they would not be able to obtain no more. Because God is shifting the church. And those that don't want to change will be locked out. Let's go on down to Matthew. Verse 12. Matthew 9 and 12. But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. If you don't need, if you're not sick, you don't need a physician. You're already healed. But that's something about God's healing and man's healing. You can go to the doctor. Your body will never be the same. I had toe surgery. My toes don't look the same. They appear. They still do the same thing. But the healing that God has for us, it does not leave a spot, blemish, or wrinkle. That's why when God required a perfect sacrifice, without what? Spot or blemish. Because that's where he works. When he works, he doesn't leave no spots or blemishes. All you know is that he moved and your situation and circumstances has changed. You can't even define it. You can't even find anything bad to say about it because there's no spot of blemish. Oh, but when the doctor do it, you can find out everything that they did wrong. There's always a trace of man, just like in the Pharisees and the Sexists, they left a trace of garbage and wounded and hurting people based on their arrogance and trying to obtain the law. And they are upstanding way. I did not call the righteous. 
righteousness is not in how we look. But it's the lifestyle in which we manifest of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we don't leave a trail of blemishes. But they left a trail. And when Jesus called them out on it, they got mad. Because he was letting them know, you saying that you got the word, you saying that you are upholding the laws, but yet you're failing. But those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. You're going to find it in Luke 5 and 32. It does not say that. So let's deal in that. You got to go to Hosea. But I'm going to read you something. You can find what I'm talking about in Hosea 6 and 6. Hosea 5 and 6. And Hosea 4 and 1. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus quoted this out of Hosea 6 and 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. In Hosea's days, God's people were still good at bringing sacrifices. Hosea 5 and 6, they shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. They were caught in a ritualistic way. And it happens in all of us from the pulpit to the back door based on what we see. We're more driven by what we see and hear than what the spirit of Christ is saying to us. Now God has to break down religious. He has to tear down the walls of confusion. And we all know that the Baptists thought they were better than the Methodists. The Methodists thought they were better than the Lutheran. Now God is tearing all of this down that is man-made. He's got to correct what was wrong in order for him to come on the scene. Everything is going back to Genesis. So you're sitting here worried about this church closing, that church is closing. But let me tell you something. When that church closes, guess what? They can run somewhere else. Because there's going to be churches that's only led by the Holy Spirit. And the people that's caught up in the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're going to have a hard time adjusting to the move of God because everything is going to be about Jesus Christ and his second coming and about cleaning up your soul, cleaning up your life and going back and repenting and making things right and doing what you're supposed to do and not doing what you feel led to do or being in this place function or being in that type of thing. It's not going to be about that. Everybody's going to come into a place of worship and praise. The only thing that they, they, they celebrated was the feast days. It wasn't no usher board. You think they had that back there? Man-made. I, I ain't never read it that they celebrated the, the, uh, the priest. 
Did they? I ain't heard of them. The first lady board, deacon board, trustee board, usher board. You seen how in our time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, and the zealots, how that doctrine is still in the midst of us. But we take the gospel. We believe in certain things. That's why when you wanted to go and get deliverance, and God allowed that thing. Baptists was known for their singing and preaching. Methodist was known for something else. Lutheran was known. Now, but if you wanted deliverance, you had to go to a full gospel church, a holiness church. All of that's coming down. Now, those people that segmented themselves and certain things that they felt that they needed, now everybody needs deliverance. Everybody needs jumping and shouting. Everybody needs a good uh, message. Everybody needs good teaching. We're going to come together and get everything. You're going to find out now in this last hour, the five-fold ministry is going to be sitting up in one church. It's not going to be spread out. That pastor will hold the five-fold ministry right there. The next church that God is raising up, he's going to hold it right there. This is what God is going to do. That's why I told you the change that's happening in the church has all been orchestrated by God. But you're so fearful that the president and all of these things are taking over. They're not. There's no power greater than God. I ain't never seen it. According to the scriptures. I'm talking according to the scriptures. Because everything that you need is right there in the word of God. But you got to allow the Holy Ghost to give you a revelation of the times in which we're living in. And you're looking at, well, the pastors are dying out. Guess they have to die out. Guess what? So fresh people can come in the scene. It's always been. When Aaron died or the other Levites died, guess what? Their family took over. God is moving. But they have forsaken mercy. And I want to talk to you about the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is connected with the act of giving. Mercy relates to the act of forgiving for a previous act. Mercy can't be understood by portraying compassion towards somebody. They have forgot love. And they would study doing sacrifices, study doing the law, study doing this, study doing this, study doing this. They got so ritualistic about it. That's why some people program to go to church. I'm going to sit in my grandmama's church. My family paid for that chair, 20, 19, 29. I'm going to sit there in that Memphis church. My mama's name is on this chair. And I know what I'm talking about. This is my family pew. Nobody sit there. He finna tear all that down and burn the people. And speaking of burning, I'm gonna tell you what I hear the Holy Ghost saying. You're gonna start seeing churches being burnt now.
They're going to be turning them into nightclubs. They don't care. They just need a building. They'll sell the stained glass and put Lucifer in the window because their heart has gone wax cold. They have not had a relationship with God, and that's why they're going to turn the salvation of Jesus Christ into nothing. But the salvation of Jesus Christ was not in them in the beginning. And you got to understand something. God is testing all of us. He tested them in the wilderness to see who's going to stand. That's why so many people in the church are falling away. The same people that's in the church are going to be in at the club that was once a church jumping and shouting and they're not going to have a problem with it. The hearts are being turned wax cold. The hearts are being turned away from the things of God. You have to be careful about the spirit of deception that's in the land and being so much trying to feel what you want out of your lust, out of your flesh, out of your heart, and you just doing what you want to do. You think that God is to bless you, done did all of this, and now you have gotten to that place that you've forsaken God, and yet God said, you can have your money, but don't mean you're going to have me. I'm the greater. That's the lesser. Such a compassion has left the church. But they, yet they still burn in sacrifices. The pastor's wife is mean. The, first, the deacon boy, dog, they, they, they have no compassion. Look what's going on. Look at all the things that was going on in the church before COVID that we all saw and complained about. Now look at the churches now. A lot of them are empty. This is the remnant. Everybody can't take a move of God. It scares some people. It runs them out. But as long as God is giving them what they want to make them fat, they were all around him. And then the next minute they were saying crucify him. And this is what the church has done to God and is doing to God. And they have abandoned mercy because they gave up the knowledge of God and truth. Hosea 4 and 1. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants in the land. Because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. God would rather have right hearts full of truth and mercy than sacrifice. I want to talk about in 1 Samuel when it says, why does God say obedience is better than sacrifice? The prophet Samuel is confronting King Saul who seems to be ignoring God's full commandments. But he would rather do sacrifice than obedience and obey God. And this is what is happening. These were the same teachers of men. The scribes and the Pharisees, one uphold the law, one influence the law. And back then, they all they had was the first book of Mo the five first book of Moses. These were the same men that were teachers, but yet they could not live up to it. 
says, Christ rebuked them. God always addressed it. Anytime you stand up for righteousness, look for a controversy, look for an attack. Because good and evil, it's always going to be a tug of war. And says, and he bidded them and told them to go and search out the scriptures for themselves. You know why God told them that? They were, they were ignorant in the knowledge in which they had. So you can have the knowledge of the word. But yet, you can still be ignorant in it. But sinners to repentance. I pray that you will understand what God is saying. And that you will get the meaning and the understanding of what God is telling us. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name, I pray, amen.